time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. This is a show where you plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all of your favorite cartoons, both old and new. Today, we watched Muppet Babies, as recommended by Jeremy Housen at Jezza underscore NZ on Twitter. He's from New Zealand. That's what the NZ stands for. Yeah. The N is new and the Z is for, I guess, Zealand. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my assumption. The show Muppet Babies aired from 84 to 91, created by, of course, Jim Henson, developed by Jeffrey Scott, ran for seven seasons at 107 episodes total. It was on the CBS network. And for a short synopsis, the Muppets, as babies, have adventures with their imaginations inside their nursery. That is accurate. That is extremely accurate. Yes. First of all, I had no idea it ran as long as it did. Yeah. No idea. I, I guess I, I I guess I didn't even think about how long it ran, but I guess I only figured a few seasons, but holy cow, man, that much was, more than I thought. This was an incredibly popular show. So notable actors, um, basically I'm going to go through the list of the main reoccurring characters from the show. So I'm going to start with Greg Berg who was the voice of Fozzie and Scooter. Then we had Katie Lay, uh, the voice of Rolf. Lori O'Brien was the voice of Piggy. Russie Taylor was the voice of Gonzo. Howie Mandel, yes, that Howie Mandel, the guy that used to do the um, deal or no deal, that guy. For a couple years, he was the voice of Skeeter, Animal, and Bunsen. Eventually, he left, and Animal and Bunsen were then done by Dave Coulier, the guy from Full House. Mm-hmm. Yes, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he also did this rabbit guy named Bean. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> then we had um, Frank Welker, who is in every cartoon. we've. He's been in at least half the cartoons that we've covered on the show. Um, but I will always see Frank Welker as Megatron. Yeah. He is forever and always but he was the voice of kermit beaker and skeeter after howie mandel left the show and then last but not least we had barbara billingsley who was famous for playing june cleaver in the leave it to beaver television series which was way before even me and joseph's time i mean we're old we're dirty 30 yeah so this is way before us (laughs) This was back in the black and white era. I didn't even know she was June Cleaver. That's crazy. Yeah, she was the voice of Nanny. And um, one little marshmallow, Barbara Billingsley was actually nominated for two Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Performer in a Children's Series in both 1989 and 1990 for playing Nanny. Some I would have never guessed. That's a really cool piece of trivia that i did not know about yeah that is cool that's a good accomplishment it really is yeah i mean that's like uh you know i didn't pay that much attention to voiceover kind of things that far back but i guess i've never really heard of somebody getting a award or getting even a- nominated for an award for just voice acting back in like the 80s and the early 90s and stuff like that so i think that's a a really cool thing to hear yeah very nice so since you started out the marshmallows let me go ahead and 
dig around that dry cereal, dodge around it with my spoon, pull out a few more marshmallows for everybody else to hear. So the predecessor to Muppet Babies was a musical scene from The Muppets Take Manhattan in 1984 where Miss Piggy imagines what it would be like if she and Kermit grew up together. Secondly, Skeeter is the only one of the main baby characters who was never made into an adult puppet form. She was created because the producers wanted another female character in the show, so she was created solely for this cartoon and very, very rarely made appearances in the actual Muppet franchise. I always wondered about that because when I was a kid, I loved the Muppet show, like the old one from like the 70s, 80s where they're adults, and I didn't remember ever seeing Skeeter... And that, so when it came up at baby's time, I was like, who's this? Yeah, you would see Scooter, and I guess coming off of Muppet Babies, you just assumed that Skeeter was there, but less popular. But yeah, right. I didn't even know until watching this that she was not a part of anything else. So also, this show started a trend of relaunching popular cartoon characters as younger versions of themselves. To name a few, a pup named Scooby-Doo, the Flintstone Kids... And Tiny Toon Adventures, which was less the characters being younger versions of themselves and more just younger characters being mentored by the older characters in that one. But still, it was along the same lines. We got to do Tiny Toon Adventures. I'm going to put that as my own request. Tiny (laughs) Toon Adventures and I have an episode picked out. I'm ready. Nice. We got to do. Well, if we do that, we got to do Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain. That's a rabbit hole that we're just going to dive into if we go that route. And lastly, at one point, Marvel actually started an ongoing monthly comic book series that lasted 26 issues of Muppet Babies. What? Yeah, and after that, it was taken over by Harvey Comics. They only did three additional issues. But yeah, Marvel ran a series of comic books on Muppet Babies. I don't see Muppet Babies doing well as a comic book. It ran for 26 issues, and that's over two years. Holy crap. Yeah. That is better than a lot of other Marvel series, actually. (laughs) Yeah. We're lucky for them to last a year. Before they start over at number one again, yeah. Exactly. So what memories do you have of this show, Chris? I have a lot of memories. This is definitely a cartoon I remember as a kid. I, I definitely used to watch this. You know, I didn't realize it was on CBS. I For whatever reason, I guess I always assumed it was like a Nickelodeon-ish kind of thing. But, I mean, obviously not, because it doesn't make sense now that I think about it. So I think it was on Nickelodeon in syndication. It? Yeah. Okay. That maybe that's why I saw. I was just like, man, I don't, I don't remember that. But I, I did love, I loved Muppets growing up. Like I used to watch the, the actual Muppet Show, which is honestly, I like the actual Muppet Show more than I like this cartoon. Basically, I guess because I, I just really like puppets. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing that I do like about this cartoon and the thing that stuck out to me the most was that they would use clips from actual movies like Star Wars, like Indiana Jones, like The Blob. Like, yeah. who ever would have thought you'd see The Blob in a children's cartoon? Because The Blob can be kind of hardcore. Oh, yeah. So that was cool, and that's something I remember. I, I do remember Animal and Gonzo being my favorite characters, and they still are. My biggest memory from this show was a particular episode where Gonzo has this little chicken doll named camilla who they were i don't remember what they were doing if they were racing in their wagons or something and it flipped over and camilla got damaged like her stuffing's hanging out and gonzo's so torn up about it and nanny takes camilla off to sew it back together but they make you feel the weight of the possibility of losing a friend of like a friend being in the hospital being in surgery and like it really made it feel real 
like, oh, this friend I've had for my whole life that I can remember, there's a possibility that I'm never going to see this friend again. I think that was the, this cartoon, that episode was the first time that that thought ever occurred to me as a kid. So that's something that really, really stuck with me. And every time I think I'm up at Babies Now, that is the episode that comes to mind every time. Nice. I don't think I ever saw that episode, but there are a lot of episodes of this that really tackle some issues that are really big to kids. And that's something we'll definitely dive into, I'm sure. For me, I do remember catching this show every once in a while as a kid and really enjoying it. I, I know I didn't see the whole library of 107 episodes. I know that because like like you said at the beginning, I wouldn't have even thought it would have run this long because I may have seen like 10 episodes and even reruns of those same episodes. But I, I remember loving the movie parody specifically, like you said. Also, the theme song is forever, forever etched into oh, my mind. God, I, yeah. I cannot get that. That has been in my head for years. I haven't watched <laughs> Muppet Babies in years, but the theme song comes to my head every year at some point for no reason. <laughs> you know what? I, I totally forgot about the theme song. And, and then as soon as it's, we started watching it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the the stupid thing is, I watched all of our episodes last night, and after the fact, I, I usually read some comics before I go to bed for the night. I, I start reading this one called Fatal by Ed Brubaker, and um, it's a very noir, like, supernatural horror kind of comic. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm just hearing the stupid Muppet Babies song <laughs> in my head. I'm like, this does not fit. Yeah. Like this comic is so serious. It's just that it's that like uh, when you know what's kind of weird <laughs> and you wish that you were there. Just close your eyes and make believe. <laughs> oh God, I cannot do that. <laughs> Whoa, that part is stuck in my head forever. Okay, answer me this: at the end of the song, when when they're singing that, they go the Muppet, 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 yeah. baby. And they sing the last song, but then you hear like Piggy's voice is like does something completely different and you can't even tell what the heck she's saying. <laughs> like it is she's not singing the same thing as everyone else. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at it again so I can determine that. I can't say off the top of my head though. Yeah, it's like she sings a whole bunch of extra words like right at the very end, like all of a sudden, when everyone else is just trying to say like babies or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> Follow suit, Piggy. God. <laughs> Get with it. We should probably get with it and jump into the three episodes that we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally a random or listener pick episode. The order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first one, which is Noisy Neighbors, where Nanny warns the babies not to make so much noise because their next door neighbor is a police officer who works a night shift and sleeps during the day. Uh, I do remember this episode. I guess I, I guess I don't have too many memories of it. I just remember the the police officer getting mad and calling a lot. But <laughs> the the first thing that I wrote down about this episode, and I bet you have it too, is that towards the beginning, Gonzo, I think it was Gonzo, opens the closet, and you see Lon Chaney as the Phantom of the Opera, like <laughs> the clip of it right there in the closet. And I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like oh, there's I, so I got many really excited. There's so many cool scenes like that where it's just pulls there's some movies i don't even know what they were from they're just random pulls of these scenes that is basically showing the power of a child's imagination and that's really the heavy theme of this show and it's great playing along with it i i'm really interested to know and this just sounds really nerdy i'm interested to know how the rights worked 
with this cartoon that they are able to use clips from so many other movies because yeah. I mean they they hit things from well they had you know clips from some of the old monster movies which would be Universal there's a lot of stuff from Lucasfilm but like how did they do that See, like I don't I don't I don't know if the restrictions were just less strict back then because now it's like I think the reason that they don't have DVDs and Blu-rays of the show is because of those copyrights because of the rights not being there is like they would have to cut out half the show just to get this to DVD because of right. that. So they would cut out all the best parts. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't know if you can find them. You can't find this in its full form anywhere really, because even on VHS, I'd only think they released it in portions. So I think finding this all together would be really tough. We have the characters that you spoke of earlier and one thing that you'll hear almost immediately with Skeeter is that she sounds so much uh, being played by Howie Mandel. She sounds so much like Bobby from Bobby's world. You can hear that right away. If you're familiar with that show. Was that Howie Mandel on yeah. Bobby's world? Yeah. What? That was his character. Yeah. That's why Skeeter and Bobby have the same voice. Yeah. We saw you shove something in your mouth. Oh my God. I can hear it now too. Mind blown. <laughs> here's my my big question going into muppet babies so we have fozzy who's a bear we have kermit who's a frog we have piggy self-explanatory we yeah. have rolf the dog what the heck is gonzo what the heck is animal what the heck is scooter and skeeter what is going on with some of these kids yeah some of them are just these weird kind of muppet like they're, I don't know, monstrosities, yeah, even, abominations. Yeah, abominations. <laughs> like Gonzo could almost maybe I, pass as some sort of weird ant eater thing. Animal, I have no idea. And Scooter and Skeeter, uh, I don't know, some sort of humanoid tangerine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, with, with orange worms for hair. God. <laughs> they're, they're just anthropomorphic tangerines. Like, uh, let, me, let me just get this out of the way real quick. I I liked this show a lot as a kid. Watching it as an adult, I did not like at least half of the characters, if not more. <laughs> Scooter and Skeeter being at the top of that list. I hate Skeeter, and I don't like Scooter, <laughs> and I also hate Piggy. Ugh. The characters really do get to you. Because here's what I think it is, though. They have very dynamic personalities. All of them are very different and if you don't relate to them personally, I think that the others are really going to upset, not upset you, but they're really going to start getting on your nerves because right. they're so contrast to your own personality. So I think that it really kind of allows children to relate to pretty much anybody in this show because the personalities are just so much different right. between everybody. You know what I really wish we would have seen as Muppet Babies that we never did? And probably because mm. there was, like, big hints in the Muppet show that these characters were, like, big stoners, <laughs> which was the, <laughs> the the guys in the band. Like, um, oh, yeah. there's the guitar player, the saxophone player, and the girl that was the singer. I can't remember all of their names, but they're really beaten. You're talking about animals, band? Yeah, they're, like, beatnik, like, hippies. I think uh, Janice is the girl that, one, yes. and she was she was in an episode of Muppet Babies. Not one we really? saw, but she was in. One I did of not them. know yeah. that the one guy is something Pepper, maybe Floyd Pepper. Yeah, there you yeah. go. 
I don't know the saxophone player's name, but I don't remember. I don't think Floyd was in it, but yeah, Janice definitely was, but I don't remember to what capacity. Her voice was awful in the Muppet show. Like it was <laughs> terrible. It reminds me of that, that awful like animation you saw on YouTube years ago about the unicorns and they were talking to Charlie. Charlie! Shun oh, the non-believer! Yeah. Like, uh, that's what she sounds like to me and I'm like, ugh. I'm so sorry, everyone. You have a lot, I have of, a lot hatred of hatred towards, towards puppets, even though I, I, I <laughs> yeah. technically I love puppets, but there are some puppets I just hate. <laughs> they just really get to you. <laughs> they get to I, me. I've never heard this much contempt from you <laughs> over fictional characters. <laughs> oh, I should probably uh, get into things I did like. I, I love Gonzo. He's my yeah, favorite we, character. He will always be my favorite Muppet. Oh, just one gag that they did at the very beginning of this episode. They were pretending they were in a submarine and Gonzo's nose was the periscope. And oh, I yeah. love when they use Gonzo's nose as inanimate objects because that's a gag <laughs> that happens a lot. And I love yeah. it. Going back to Gonzo. So they're telling little stories about they're like playing games, trying to be quiet, but failing at it yeah. because Nanny keeps having to come in. She's very, very patient because she has to come in at least three times to tell them to be quiet. And Piggy plays out a fantasy about her being a princess, Kermit having to save her. That was actually really funny. That was a good one. And then we see Rolf sing a lullaby to put Animal to sleep about Babe rocking. Yeah, that backfires. Yeah, that obviously singing a song, playing the piano, not the quietest thing you can do, which wakes Officer Carruthers up again and sends Nanny in. And then the last one, we well, kind of the last one, but it's this one kind of intertwines with the rest yeah, of them. They're trying to is, watch TV. Yeah, Super Gonzo, which was actually very cool seeing Gonzo as Super Gonzo or Cluck Kent. Cluck Kent. A, a lot of Gonzo stuff has to do with chickens, like you were saying earlier. He's very chicken themed. Well, he always hung out with chickens for some reason in the Muppet Show, but on his pajamas, like he's wearing this like onesie suspender thing. There's a little chicken on the front. And his doll that he always carries around, Camilla, is a chicken, um, yeah. which Camilla was his like best buddy chicken on the Muppet Show, also. Yeah, so, so that's kind of a cool little uh, nod to her. Yeah. yeah. So we have Clark Kent <laughs> as Clark Kent, and then Piggy Lane as Lois Lane, of course. While this story is going on and Gonzo's telling it, Animal gets bored with the story and turns into a, a King Kong sort of kaiju monster. Yeah grabs Piggy and starts taking her up a building and then Gonzo has to try to come to the rescue. There is a lot of uh, really funny Superman just references and jokes just kind of referring to action comics in general and yeah. just some some ba- basic parodies on the whole idea of Superman like him trying to change in the phone booth, but the phone booth is occupied and the guy's not getting out. Yeah. Or, 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 and then he changes in the phone book, but he can't get out of it. So he starts flying and the phone books or the phone booth is just going with him. But he doesn't have enough quarters, so the phone booth just falls back to the ground. They they even play on kryptonite with Nan- since Nanny always wears these the iconic white socks. and green striped socks. She. With a, it plays on to kryptonite with her socks being green. With a purple skirt and blouse. She has terrible fashion sense. Yeah. Oh, and one thing to point out just before we go any further is that you never see the adults' faces in this show. You never right. see above their shoulders. I mean, you see them on the clips that you get from other movies. But as far as the cartoon characters like Nanny 
or any other adult in the show, you don't see past their shoulders. And that's something that they definitely took from Peanuts, was that you never saw the adults in Peanuts, ever. Yep. But you can't reason. hear their voice. You don't hear the wah, 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 wah. Yeah. So they kind of, they took this and then they let you actually at least get the voices. But I like that. I think it's, I think it's interesting because it's keeping you at almost like the height level of the kids because the kids would have to look straight up to be able to see Nanny's face. So I think it's cool that you're only seeing usually from the waist down sometimes, you know, about the chest or shoulders down, but usually just the waist down. The way this episode kind of ties up is Officer Carruthers, who they're, they've they been afraid of waking up and yet keep failing and waking up, finally goes to work and then they're able to just go crazy. And he gives them the freedom to do whatever they want. And then they've spent so much energy throughout this day that they just kind of crash at the end. Right. It, it was it was cute. That was cute. It was. That was a fun episode. It was it was a good start to it. I think it gives you a taste of what you're going to get yourself into watching this. I noticed several things here that I just want to bring up real quick. One is that Skeeter and Scooter are constantly pulling their pants up. If you notice, (laughs) especially in this first episode, their pants are always slipping down and they're constantly as they talk, they're always pulling them back up. Which I thought was kind of funny because that's something that little kids tend to have to do too. Like their pants are always freaking falling down. So I, I appreciate that. I think that was a pretty funny joke. And I think it's funny that they didn't ever really draw attention to it. I would never have noticed it before. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was, it was something I noticed this time. I thought that was funny. Another thing was that Kermit, so Frank Welker, who voices him, also voices Fred from Scooby-Doo. If you notice, they wear a little bit of similar clothing. They, they both have like that white shirt with some blue to it. And they have like the little like handkerchief kind of thing tied around them which i i never picked that up until now which Mm. i think is is pretty interesting two more things and i swear i'll shut up for a minute this episode really gives you the best taste of piggy's personality and that part of this episode is you know she's telling the story when they tell the story they're basically living it they're acting it out so someone has to slay a dragon for her and the first one that wants to do it is Fozzie. And Piggy steals his sword, basically rigging the thing so that Kermit would be the one to have to actually slay the dragon. So, yeah. and, and Skeeter even catches her, and Piggy just acknowledges it, and she's like, shh. So, right. like, that gives you a lot of insight into Piggy. Piggy's very, for a little girl, a little piglet, she's very conceited. And very conniving and manipulative, which is a perfect tie to her character when she's Miss Piggy, when she's older. The last thing I noticed in this episode was Skeeter. Skeeter says something extremely dark, if you take it this way. (laughs) And that um, when they're talking about they need something to get Animal to go to sleep, Skeeter goes... How about a sledgehammer? Oh, I'm yeah. like, geez, <laughs> are you going to kill the kid? <laughs> but then then the rest of them are just like, yeah, but where are we going to get a sledgehammer? Right, yeah, like they don't even, they're not like, even like, whoa, the, calm down. Like, wow, you guys are actually thinking about putting this kid out of his misery. <laughs> like taking this kid the way of old yeller, like taking him out back and letting him right. have it. <laughs> Poor animal. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of all these episodes, Animal actually has an end bumper that changes every time. And at the end of this one, he screams, go bye bye. And he throws blue paint just all over the screen. And it's some variation of that at the end of every single episode. I love Animal's laugh. His, yeah, 
kind of thing. He's a great character. I'm horrible at doing impersonations. <laughs> but he's obviously the youngest of them all because he's like a baby baby. Yeah, he, yeah he's an actual baby. Who, he's got a bonnet and stuff on. Who even. barely says words. Of course, when he's an adult, he barely says words too. But Yeah, know. true. I think we really, really said a lot about this one. So let's move yeah. on to the second episode that we watched, which was Gonzo's Video Show, Season 1, Episode 10, chosen by Jeremy Hausen at Jezza underscore NZ. And this is where Nanny has rented a video camera recorder and allows the babies to play with it unattended for an hour, which is immediately I was like, really, Nanny? Like you rented this <laughs> and yet you're giving it to, to babies children. Yeah. to play with for an hour. You know, they're gonna... that thing. If it was regular babies, it was going to be trashed. Like they yeah. were going to destroy that thing. You're going to have to bleep this, but you know, those babies are going <laughs> to that thing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that is only kind of the description. The real story is she gives them the camera and they make Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's and, really the the whole yeah. plot of it. After they, they start doing a couple things with it and just testing it out. And then it gets into full-fledged Star Wars Episode Four: yeah. New Hope. Yeah, they start making Star Wars. Now, the funny thing is the three episodes we watched, there was a tie into Star Wars in every episode. The first yep. episode, at one point, they um, they think that the, the cop's going to take him to jail because they're being too loud. And they're trying to hide. And they're wearing, like, the white and black striped prison clothes. And Gonzo, again, opens the closet. And there's a Star Destroyer shooting lasers <laughs> at him. And he slams the door. And this one, they actually are, like, remaking Star Wars, pretending to be, like, the various characters and stuff like that. So we've got... I like the names the that names they gave themselves. Great. So There's we got Kermit, Kermit Skyhopper, yeah. Princess Piggy, Wubaka the Cookie, or Kuchaka the Bookie. He couldn't decide. <laughs> that was Fozzie, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had Scooter D2, Skeeter 3PO. They're obviously not very creative. obi Rolf uh, Kenobi. Yeah, there we go. Animal Vader. And then later on, we got Gonzolo, which I thought was awesome. Gonzolo is fantastic. I love Animal Vader, too. I think this making animal Darth Vader is just hilarious. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed in this episode, everyone is a jerk to animal. Did you pick up on that? Like in what way? Every time Animal does something, they like yell at him. Like they get really <laughs> mad at him. And to the point where I thought that like in, in a lot of these episodes, there's the main plot and there's usually a subplot happening within it. Not so much the first episode, but in this episode and a second episode or the next episode we're going to talk about, there is usually some kind of subplot. And I honestly thought that the subplot, this was going to be them being nicer to Animal because they were being jerks to this little guy. <laughs> I mean, like they were constantly telling him to shut up and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, poor little animal. Well, he, but, he kept getting in front of the camera. But yeah, no, they just, they, <laughs> there was nothing. They were just mean to him. And that was <laughs> it, which I guess it makes sense that he ended up being Darth Vader. But at one point it was a direct reenactment of Star Wars. But then Piggy kind of takes the reins and turns it into her own version of Star Wars. Yeah. They start acting out that first part where it's Leia talking to 3PO saying, Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's, you're my only hope. And says she's like, I don't want that old guy. <laughs> she wants yeah. she wants um, Luke Skyhopper. Kermit Kermit Skyhopper. Like, yeah, yeah, Kermit Skyhopper. She, she wants Kermit. She wants the dreamy guy. She doesn't want the old guy. Literally says that old dog. I don't want that old yeah. dog. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of this episode, or one that made me laugh the most, maybe it's stupid, but 
I'm going to say it. it was when uh, Kermit sees the droids for the first time when they land on Tatooine. He goes up to R2-D2 and he's just like, wow, my dreams do come true. A new trash can. And I was like, <laughs> I don't like, know why that made me laugh like so much. step on his foot and his head opens up and he throws trash in it? I don't even think so. I think he just assumes it's a trash can oh, when he first man. spots it. And that just cracked me up for some reason. That made me laugh. That is pretty funny, actually. Okay, so the Death Star also, since of course it can't be Star Wars without it, right. is the Death Tomato, yeah, which is out to destroy all the laughter in the galaxy. And basically because Fozzie is telling awful jokes. Oh, always. Every episode. And these he, jokes, uh, I mean, Fozzie always tells bad jokes, but usually there's some kind of cleverness to it. But these jokes are just so, so dull. Yeah, there's nothing like, funny about them. No, you can't even find humor in them. They're so plain. There's like one part where they're in the Millennium Falcon, basically, and they're trying to escape the Death Tomato. And Fozzie tells some sort of terrible joke. And then the Death Tomato like immediately starts chasing them because <laughs> yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> Which I thought was unusual given the basis of the death tomato trying to destroy all laughter. I guess it just goes after jokes in general, but there was no laughter after Fozzie's joke. So you would assume that would repel yeah, it more they than would, it like, would attract uh, it. I would assume they would make an alliance. Yeah, so exactly. o- Like obviously Fozzie is keeping laughter out of the galaxy. <laughs> yes. And, and a big way that this one differs from the actual episode four is that Instead of going through the whole X-Wing, the trench tunnel and everything to destroy the Death Star, Kermit's just waiting to use the Force. He just keeps asking yeah. obi Rolf Kenobi if he can use the Force, if, if he's ready for it. And at the very end, he just does this thing where I guess he just kind of uses the Force to explode this Death Tomato. Yep. It just explodes. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. So basically what they do is they, they film this whole thing. We don't see them actually film it, but for like a few scenes. And then the rest of the episode is they wanted to show Nanny their movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they're imagining that they're at a drive-in. They've got some popcorn. They're sitting down and watching it with Nanny. And then we see the whole thing unfold uninterrupted. So, yeah, um, which was very cool. I like when they don't interrupt. Like, so it, I don't know. It, I, I guess it kind of sucks you in more because in some of the other episodes when they go back and forth, you know, it pulls you in and out. I think it's, I, I like when I see cartoons act out something like that in its entirety yeah. without interruption. Parodies, yeah. Something that I really liked at the end of this episode, after Nanny was watching it and they were talking about being movie stars and how they want to go to Hollywood right away. And she, she tells them they have to wait, but then she's like, basically, as long as you keep dreaming them, all your dreams will come true. And I thought that was a really strong message. It is. And it's it's kind of funny, too. Like, I mean, obviously, they did this on purpose, but they specifically said, oh, maybe we will make a real Hollywood movie. Um, Someone says, maybe we'll have our own TV show. Yeah. And it's like, obviously, they're on a TV show now. They have a TV show in the future. They have movies in the future. So yeah. that is it's cool for kids to be able to see that, to hear that message. And then also see these same characters grown up in a TV show and movies. So that that is cool because you could watch this as a prequel to all the rest of the Muppet stuff, and it'll still make sense yep. because it all kind of leads up to that. Still, exactly. So, very well done. And Yay. for the end bumper in this one, Animal Screams go bye bye and destroys the Hollywood sign <laughs> for whatever reason. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. So that brings us to our third episode that we watched, Muppet Babies, The Next Generation, Season 7, Episode 8, where the babies parody Star Wars, The Jetsons, and Star Trek. And that's pretty much it. They parody all those things, but this episode was great. Yeah, except, this is good. Except 
for the addition of Bean the Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Where did he even come from? I did not like his character. Why is he even there? Like, I don't understand where he came from or what. It's just, it's just this freaking rabbit. He doesn't. Oh, man, I'm going to go on a tangent. He he doesn't <laughs> even fit the same animation style as the other Muppets because he has so much more detail in, in his <laughs> character. Like, Physically, he has so much more detail than any of the other characters. And all of the other characters, even if they have a little bit of other colors in their eyes, their eyes are all mostly black and his are pure sky blue. It's just he sticks out like a sore thumb. He barely even has any lines. So I don't even know why he's there in the first place. Even when he does have lines, they're not funny lines. Yeah. He's just like commentating on and things. It's usually him breaking the fourth wall, talking to the viewer, and it's stupid (laughs) and i hate him and i don't like it at all (laughs) (laughs) oh i hate that character i remember hating Uh, him as a kid too i don't remember him as a kid i must have not watched this deep into it i remember seeing him at least once or twice and don't even remember why he was there where he came from just (laughs) that i hate this bunny okay so comparing him to skeeter and scooter would you say bean is your least favorite character Bean is by far my least favorite character. <laughs> nice. I would make a rabbit's foot out of that little kid. He just does not fit in. I, I completely agree with you. Not at all. Uh, but So we'll probably not talk about him much because he honestly doesn't do anything in this entire episode. Why wouldn't we just get Bunsen and Beaker? Yeah, they had co-starring roles in the show every once in a while. Why not just pull them in full time instead of bringing this random, unlikable character in? Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like that was like a Dave Coulier was like, hey, I got an idea for a character. <laughs> He's a bunny. He's me, like hyper realistic and he breaks the fourth wall. Let me, let me do this voice. It's the Muppet version of Deadpool. It'll be really funny. They start out with reenacting Star Wars Return of the Jedi. This is, I'm assuming somewhere in between there was an Empire Strikes Back reenactment, but yeah, it had to be. Yeah, we're jumping from episode 10 that has the A New Hope to episode eight of season seven that has the Return of the Jedi reenactment where what I really thought was funny was that Piggy was was Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Uh, she was, was Jabba the Pig. That was according to Gonzo and Fozzie, because yeah. Gonzo was being Gon Solo. Fozzie was the, his version of Chewbacca. They're basically playing Star Wars by themselves. They, they did the entire and, uh, time, too. Gonzo said something about the, the fact of, uh, they were pointing at Bean, and he's saying, we got to save that Ewok from Jabba the Pig. And he, they yeah. point at Piggy, and Piggy's so mad and furious. I thought it was funny. <laughs> that was the... Out of all these episodes, that was the first actual like laugh out loud that I got. I, I thought that was yeah. hilarious. That was a good one. And so Piggy and her crew start chasing down Gonzolo and Fazwaka on speeder bikes. And at which point, Rolf, who is who was he playing in this one? Was he just a random? It was just himself at first. And it, here's the subplot of this episode: was that Rolf is supposed to get a bath. Because, well, it was time for his bath anyway, but he also ran into a potted plant and broke it and got covered in dirt um, because dogs generally don't like baths, which I think was the reason that they chose his character that it was his bath time because he was really nervous about getting it. And he was making all these excuses because Nanny kept coming in saying it's time for your bath. He would make an excuse. Kermit would make an excuse for him so he wouldn't have to yet. Um, He was just Mm -hmm. delaying the inevitable. It was going to happen. And then what it jumps into is 
Piggy brings it into the Jetsons world right. or the Spacetons, as she, yep. I think they were called in this one, where Skeeter plays Judy. Ugh. <laughs> Bean is Elroy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kermit is George Jetson or Kerm Spaceton. That was a really bad pun on that name. It really was. And then but that wasn't even close. What I thought was weird was that they, I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's kind of like almost like stereotyping Rolf in a making way him by the making dog. him Astro the dog and making him walk on all fours and making him use the, the lisp where he can't really yeah, he can't talk. Un- pronounce words. And they put correctly. him on a leash yeah. too. Yeah, weird. so I was like, wow, this show is like really kind of going into dark yeah, that places. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Here's my favorite gag of this thing, and this goes back to Gonzo and Fozzie. They're in the Millennium Falcon, and Fozzie is constantly playing some kind of joke on Gonzo haphazardly by putting like a whoopee cushion on his seat or putting a hand buzzer on one of the like ship computers and just random things like that. So every time one of the other characters starts in on their imagining another world so it, it goes from the star wars world to the jetsons world suddenly the millennium falcon comes out of nowhere and just crashes into it and gonzo pops out and he's <laughs> like ah never put a whoopee cushion on your you know driver's i don't know he's got a new excuse yeah. every time but th- it happens like six times <laughs> like they just constantly <laughs> are crashing into stuff because Fozzie's playing jokes. As a third portion of this, as if Star Wars and the Jetsons weren't enough, they bring in Star Trek The Next Generation, where Was Rolf Wolf. also plays Worf or Lieutenant Wolf, <laughs> who is the grandson of Astro from the Jetsons, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was, man, it was kind of weird. What I liked was when Rolfo, as they called him, transported up to the Enterprise and or no, they called it the booby prize, yeah. actually, is what that ship like, was called. What? Which I was like, Clearly okay, things did maybe. not mean the same back then as they do now. <laughs> I guess not. if someone and said booby prize these days, you're going to think of something completely different. That would be a Star Trek porn Bo- parody the booby prize. at that point. The Wish booby I could prize. earn a booby prize. <laughs> they, and they... They bring uh, so he brings Rolfo up there, and then he takes his collar off, and that's what was causing him to have that speech yeah. impediment. Was that tight then he can collar. talk just fine? There's a lot of weird things that happen in this episode. My favorite thing about it, though, was the constant reoccurrence, just like yours was of Gonzo and Fozzie flying in the Millennium Falcon. Mine was the constant reoccurrence of the Jetsons oh, theme yeah, song. That was good. It just kept interrupting scenes. My favorite. <laughs> Part of that was when it's kind of towards the end where it's like, meet those space tents. And then Kermit tells it to be quiet or stop that singing. And it's like, stop that singing. And then it just keeps repeating everything they're saying. (laughs) And it was cracking me up just hearing that because it's so (laughs) Kermit's so frustrated (laughs) by it because it keeps following him around. Everything gets combined. So you're you're on like the the booby prize. And, you know, Gonzo and Fozzie crash into it. But also Kermit and Piggy as the Jetsons show up in their little car and their car is still singing this song, just singing everything. (laughs) And in the background, as other things are happening, Kermit is still in the background, like tearing the ship apart, (laughs) like (laughs) trying to get rid of it, trying to get the stereo out. And every once in a while, (laughs) it just randomly goes back and he's still fighting with it. It's just the great part was just watching just Kermit battle (laughs) that song the entire episode. They also pull in Indiana Jones at one point too. 
Oh there yeah, are, they do. Like at one point, there's like three versions of Kermit. Kermit Skyhopper. There's the Jetsons version, and there's the Indiana Jones version. Oh, and then he also turns into uh, Obi Wan at the end, where he's Froggy Wan oh, Kenobi. There we go. Yeah, that's right. So there's a lot of. So there's at least four ver. Oh no, and then he's Captain Kirk too. Oh, Did no, you say that? I didn't. Holy crap! Yep, he was uh, Captain Kirkmit or something. Yeah, there like was that. a lot of uh, Kermit in this episode. A lot of Kermit. Kermit <laughs> played a lot of roles. Played a in lot this. of roles. Here's uh, my my favorite part of this whole episode. As funny as the the crashing Millennium Falcon and the Jetson song thing was, my favorite gag was they took a um, detour to um, what was supposed to be Dagobah to visit. What would have been Yoda, but it was animal as Yoda named Yodi. <laughs> Just the yeah. look of of Yodi is the funniest <laughs> freaking thing I've ever seen. I laughed so hard when they showed his face. Oh my god, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And the way he says Yodi and does the laugh. Oh man, like I was dying. He also reprises the role of Animal Vader. Yeah, at the yes, end. he does. For the end bumper this time, again, it's it's him about to say it, but this one Gonzo's with him, and he calls out. He's flying Animal around with a fishing pole in a spaceship. And he's telling him, or Gonzo says, I know, I know, go bye-bye, right? And then Animal's like, no, go bye-bye, go baby! And then he zooms off with Gonzo attached <laughs> to him. I like how they have like a, a bumper that it's got a lot of the same elements, and it always is there, but it's different every Why single time. Why doesn't our bumper change every single time, Joseph? That's a good question. We should change it. We'll just make it go bye-bye. We'll just go take bye it from them. I mean, they can't really do anything because they took a lot of That's stuff from true. other movies that Man, they're not they're... claiming. So, boom, we're going to steal from There's Muppet There's going to be Baby. lawsuits everywhere. Well, I think we should pick our inner kids up from Nanny's house before they wake up Officer Carruthers and see what they thought of Muppet Babies. All right, let me uh, pull out my own inner Yodi here. I like this show because the Muppet Babies play just like I do, and they make movies. And they have adventures on their couch, just like me. But I don't understand why they're there. Are, are they cousins? Are they adopted? Do they live there? Are, is it a daycare? I don't understand. But I don't like my cousin because he picks on me. So if they're cousins, I don't know about this show. But I don't like Piggy or Skeeter or Scooter or really Rolf. And Fozzie's not very good at, at jokes and the stupid bunny. But Kermit's okay, and I want to play with Gonzo and Animal all day, because Gonzo loves Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. But I got bored a few times, so I'm going to give this three bowls of Muppet cereal out of five. Joseph, you're tired, and I'm going to go play Star Wars. The power of imagination and friendship versus the common fears and dilemmas that children face make this an incredibly inspirational show for my demographic. The baby's characters come in all different varieties so that children of any type can put themselves in those little tiny shoes. Personally, I relate most to Scooter, you know, since he's so charming and cool. But anyway, I have no hesitation recommending this as a family-safe show for kids and even parents who are looking for a little nostalgic kick. I would give Muppet Babies a well-deserved... Four big bowls of baby cereal out of five. And now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go steal Scooter's nerd costume. And henceforth, you will refer to me as Joe2D2. And I will speak only in binary. Beep, beep, boop. Okay, we'll do Joe2D2. He would dress up as Scooter. What a dork. Hey, well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say... 
Goodbye. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. And if you have any more recommendations, please let us know. And next week, we'll be watching... Mummies Alive! Suggested by Jim via our Facebook message chat from our other podcast, Nerds on Tap. Comment and rate on iTunes. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.